0: The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Guerrilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode uh, 310. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Matthew Gould. Well, welcome along, Matthew. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's nice to be here. Now, maybe uh, since this is your first time on the New Zealand Tech Podcast, you could uh, share with listeners where you fit into this fabulous world of technology. It's a whole new world.
1: Uh, So I uh, am part of the team that runs a company called ARIA, NLG, which is an artificial intelligence company out of uh, the UK with a strong Kiwi base. Um, I live here in New Zealand, but uh, I work uh, with ARIA globally. We're bringing something called natural language to business uh, around the world, and um, I've been in technology for many years. SVP with HP for nine, ten years in the states, and so on. So, yeah, it takes me most of my working life, and I'm also passionate about it on a um, on a hobby front as well.
0: That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, looking forward to having a, having a, a chat through some topics, and a little bit later on, later on, hearing a little bit about Aria. Now, first up. This story sort of caught my attention. I heard about a self-destructing phone, sort of reminded me of Mission Impossible, and then I don't know how this happened, but over the weekend I found myself streaming the most recent Mission Impossible movie, which I hadn't come across before, but I uh, I found it on one of those streaming services. It was okay. It was okay. Um, now, when we're talking about self-destructing phones, we are not talking about the Samsung Note 7, just, <laughs> to, uh, just to be clear. What we are talking about is, it's called the Black Phone, and...
1: Of course it is. <laughs> you know. You're going to have black ops, you need a black phone.
0: You do. You do. And it's it's really for those within the world of, of secrecy secret communications and uh, you know the NSA and and such like uh, now this comes from uh, boeing and the the most recent news that we've uh, we've heard is that uh, this black phone is uh, is actually being tested by uh, the head of the NSA and, so what's um, the I mean,
1: What's the idea of it? So you've got a phone and you receive messages on it and then it automatically well, tortures itself.
0: So if there is an attempt to <sighs> Compromised. To, compromise, to compromise the phone in, mm. in a physical manner, so someone's trying to yeah, break into it to get mm. in your data, rather than just say, hey, look, encryption's really good these days and that's going to be enough to protect the data, uh, they're going to the next level. And so, you've not got, not allowing on software to erase the data, or relying on, relying on that encryption uh, to actually have a device that will self destruct in some form.
1: So, if you've got the head of the NSA thinking that this is a good idea, one has to think why, right? Because logic would suggest that your data is in the network, so it's not like you're using a a black ops phone in order to keep secret communications in your conversations, because the NSA is listening to all of those anyway. Oh, we know you are. The challenge is if you're actually storing some data physically on the hard drive of your mobile device and it falls into enemy, it's compromised. So if you're the head of the NSA and you think that you need that, wouldn't that suggest that out there, and maybe we're being naive, is... The technology to do just that. I'm very aware of some very bright Russians and very bright Israelis who are very good at mapping and taking off from, in a sense, a, a phone's static drive, its entire contents, imaging it, not having to worry about breaking an algorithm to get into it via the, the software interface.
0: And we've certainly heard about that in recent months with a particular a particular iPhone uh, that the Americans. Decided that they would like to access, and they did, not, uh, they did not have the PIN code, but they, in the end, managed, managed to get at that, didn't they?
1: Yes, or did they? Or did one of their allies? Somehow, I mean, New Zealand's involved in that.
0: So, well, somehow they got what they wanted, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you're right. We have to accept that these things maybe aren't always as secure as, uh, as what we may just not. like them to be.
1: They're just not. Write it on a piece of paper, show it to whoever you want to show it to, then eat the paper. Go old school. It's the only way to do it. Is that what you do? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. If I want to convey something in private that I don't want ever to come back, it was interestingly, even Skype chats, you talk about public traded company i work for and we're all trained on good corporate governance and so on and you know, one's always very aware certainly we were at hp that anything that you communicate in email is not yours it's not your personal view and you know, hillary clinton has shown the challenges here it belongs to the company the company has the right to access it at any time skype chats now fall under that heading so in the states they can come and get all of your skype chats and uh, have those as evidence for uh, any malfeasance at firms so yeah of course i write it of course I it is is the only way to carry out my mission impossible other life i'll teach you some more trade craft later yeah, like. yeah i've after got we, after we t- i've got loads of turned, trade craft after we
0: turn the uh, the microphones off yeah you're recording this so, um, okay no no this is, ju- this is it's just, just us us this is just us
1: this is just us this is just us i hate to have to burn this place down
0: so I know this device from Boeing had been mentioned and before. And why Boeing?
1: Well, Of but... all of the companies that wouldn't want their brand associated with something combusting on demand, surely it would be Boeing. <laughs> what have they got that they need to do that with? I guess it's part of the industrial military complex and there's probably communications devices in F-18s that, if compromised, engage the Samsung lithium-ion battery panel behind <laughs> The targeting and radar equipment got it okay yeah i've worked it out <laughs>
0: well it's better it's better to have these things under your control, isn't it right,
1: like so many things
0: you in know but Bo- Boeing would like to control what causes things to catch fire rather than just having them randomly catch fire like. You know, we we we've, we've seen. Except, what was it, the seven eight seven that had uh, batteries that would uh, you know be similar to Note Seven type scenario? Oh no. uh, where, where, they, where they had a few issues with with reliability, mm. and uh, I think they've addressed that now just by, um, well, one of their approaches was to was to lock them down into into a metal box so it was all contained. So should they catch fire, then um, you, you contain
1: the risk, right? Cover the whole thing in asbestos. Problem solved.
0: Perfect, perfect Genius. There we go, technology in action, eh? the Old very school. latest Come on, um, Yeah, so good, good stuff, good on Boeing for uh, getting into the world of, of smartphones
1: They had to really, they already have all the satellites So when you and I talk on our phones, there's those Boeing satellites up there, isn't it? That With their transponders that are really allowing us to wish Nana a happy birthday in Bahrain Yeah, good on them what else is news in tech news? Uh, what else is going on?
0: Well, we've got uh, we've got GoPro, and, of course, they had their very exciting uh, GoPro Karma drones. So GoPro sort of jumped into the whole drone world, which, you know, the drone world's a lot of fun. There's, there's those cool drones coming it. out. And some of the footage from the GoPro uh, Karma looks... Looks really good. In fact, somewhere we were just we were just watching a few minutes ago. It looks so good. Just how stable uh, the images. You wouldn't. Uh, you know. You would almost think that camera was attached to something solid, not something that was being held in the air by some some spinning blades.
1: Amen. It's it's sort of. It, I can't think of a better combination. I guess I could have tried, but of software and hardware coming together to have a simultaneous effect, because it's the it's it's the Real time rendering that's providing one layer of image stability. Right. Because no matter how good the gyroscopes on those drones are, it's still jumping around. It's gonna be some movement. Yeah. And it really does feel like it's in real time. Well it is in real time, isn't it? The the images that you're getting I'm sure there are pico seconds involved, but that's some smart software that controls the image rendering to have that Locked out, rock solid. Because it's not like the steady cams you see in rugby when you catch the sight of the sky guy running up and down the sideline of the pitch with a counterweighted belt and the, the, the Betamax camera on that we all went, wow, when that, when that happened. This is even a level above that. There's nothing. It looks like it's on a fixed tower.
0: It looks, looks really good.
1: Until. Until.
0: Until. Until you see the rest of the video, and that is where the drone plummets from the sky and is back at sea level or whatever level it was launched from uh, in a matter of a very, very few moments. 300
1: so, three hundred feet at terminal velocity. Not,
0: uh, not good if you're standing under it and it hits you. Uh, one of the videos that uh, we looked at. Earlier was amusing because it flew straight past the the chap that was flying it and basically landed at his feet. So he was he was somewhat
1: stunned for a few seconds. He couldn't respond. Uh, it's a, it's a marketing genius moment, isn't it? That you have invested all your R and D in a drone steady cam to take you up to probably close to a thousand feet. Lithium ion batteries. And you're hoping you're going to sell a big swag of these at Christmas. You hand the technical briefs over to the marketing department and they come back and they say, we're going to call it karma. We're going to call it karma. And then they start dropping out of the sky. You couldn't write that. That is fantastic. It's not the fact that they're failing to do their core job, stay airborne. It's not the fact that they've invented a whole new class of air disaster movie because there'll be whole YouTube channels now dedicated to just karmas crashing. There'll be people I wouldn't imagine, I would imagine, who would buy a karma just with the hope that they get the million-dollar footage of it crashing into a nudist colony, crashing into a, uh, a busy intersection, crashing into uh, the, 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 the Baseball World Series finals. How because many of these did you order? Because it seems like you've really thought this through, Matt. Just in the last 10 seconds, but my Christmas shopping list is getting longer, kids, if you're listening. Daddy wants a karma. It is. It's hilarious, I think, And, and there's going to be more, right? What are they going to call the next one? The Nemesis.
0: Great footage, though.
1: It's very good footage. It's very good. Very fo- Have you put the link up?
0: So um yeah, we'll share uh, we'll share a a link there to a, to a video or two. Um so yeah, it was it's a pity because they had they had so much promise and of course GoPro sort of struggling because the the thing is once people have got their GoPro and they and they're all sorted, maybe they need an extra one, but uh you know, once the enthusiasts have got them, that's not something that you need to get a new one every every six months. You know, they're, they're, it's a pretty good product. Yeah, we keep getting new versions. You got four K, and you got this and that, and so mm. on. But uh, GoPro's fortunes were starting to slump somewhat, so this was, they needed this, a pick this up was, product. This was what they needed. Uh, well, no, this is not what they needed. They needed something that was going to be huge success and be reliable. So uh,
1: surely the fundamentals everyone. are still are still right, though. Do you do you use a a GoPro? Have you used them for your um, not a, semi-professional, like not a rafting, not a lot. Some of, the, some of the
0: some of the guys, uh, for instance, the guys do the New Zealand motoring podcast. So Damien uses GoPros a bit. We have got a few few people who use them, but they're not something that you know fit into the the day to day of recording our typical podcast.
1: But don't you think people in this in this age where everybody's obsessed with the self obsession of the individual, we've all become our own Truman shows that even though the big drony sports x racing market that was originally for GoPro I'm helping you GoPro listen was originally there that there might be smaller more personal mums and dads recording the last 10 minutes of every 10 minutes to ensure they've got a constant stream of chats happening isn't it that the, the GoPro for the soccer mum the GoPro for but the, there's
0: lots of other products, right? So you don't need to buy Go GoPro. They've got that, so that many competitors steady. now. Yeah, right? I guess. so uh, trying to help, yeah, yeah.
1: trying to help them out of that yeah. hole they have very literally dug for themselves yes. in playing fields across the Midwest.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that that one's a little bit sad, but never never mind. Um, we there are there are other new drones uh, coming. I think D, you know DJI have got some uh, some new. New drones are uh, coming out from a little foldable one to at the sort of professional level they seem to be doing very well uh, but you know DJI who have done very well with their drones um, they 've got intense competition as well so it's not uh, it's not an easy market for everyone and and that's at the consumer end and then you've got the real uh, you know high end uh, professional type products yeah. uh, and even there there's so many people that have jumped into that space it's becoming uh, becoming quite a challenge to actually uh, be a be a uh, a big success, shall we say?
1: You heard of Lumiere, Lu, uh, Luminiere, the the uh, GoPro company? Sorry, the, the drone company. Yes, yep. Lumiere. They are fascinating. I think one of the breakouts for these things is so. It's Lumiere, They do. They specialize in the in the pod racing. So you've got the VR goggles on. Oh, yeah. That's very cool stuff. That's very cool. I think because it's a totally immersive experience, that's the new formula. Well, everyone says that, isn't it? But there's a guy I think he's called Charpo or Charpa. I'm sorry. I'm running off memory here. I'm not plugged in in case my phone goes. But uh, he's sort of a world-class drone flyer racer. And that footage in the VR goggles mm, is mm. fantastic. You really are part of the race. Much more than you are with a steady cam in Formula 1 or anything.
0: But you're not allowed to fly like that in New Zealand. You've got to be able what? to see the drone with what? your naked eye and you've got to be looking at it with what? your naked eye and not through some what? goggles.
1: Who set those rules up? Could you have a spotter? Could I be having the VR goggles and um, my mate Gary is actually watching the drone and he's standing beside me? Still see it, Gary? Got it. No? You're looking at me...
0: Skeptically, <laughs> mm, I think you're trying to push Pushing the rules, but I am, I you am. know we all, we all do, and we all should to a degree. It could be just short calls, and it yeah, I guess it depends where you are. You know, if you're out in the middle of uh, of your own farm paddock. or something like that, right? A paddock, it's pretty safe. Uh, you know, get the cows out of the way. Um, you or herd the
1: cows with it.
0: Well, there's there's
1: a He's business in that, that
0: one. That's definitely happening. Uh, That's the new the new sheep dogs are uh, are drones, aren't they? GoPro Moo and the next generation of the Moo, the Moo Two. Uh, I'm imagining will have artificial intelligence. Yes, and and will even be able to speak to the cows. Yes, so and yeah, basically not. it'll it'll figure out what needs to happen and. Uh, sorted out, so uh, you just need to remember to charge the uh, drone overnight, and um, then it, it herds the cows in and uh, milks them and does whatever else,
1: right? Charge itself! Charge itself with the oh, sunlight! Oh,
0: no, no, no. There's got to be something left for you to do. You have to be able to have, a, have some control.
1: I sit in my big chair with my VR goggles on, watching the herd come in into the herringbone shed. Puts them in, puts them out. Yeah, no, Look you're, you're, not, allowed stats, to, you're really? not
0: allowed to do that. It'd be breaking the rules. Sorry. You,
1: got, you and your rules.
0: All about the rules today. Fair um, enough. I don't know why I'm feeling feeling like talking about rules today. Um, all right, so GoPro drones. Oh, I got an email about something called Select ID. Now, have you heard of Select ID,
1: Matt? It's uh, uh, social mediay thing.
0: Yeah. So this is a new, uh, newish social network. Apparently. They're guinea-pigging us Kiwis on it. So, uh, you know, some, some, somebody testing. seems to seems to think that as Kiwis we are, um, we're we're keen to try stuff out and we're a good test market for the rest of the planet. So if anyone is interested in having a look at a, a new uh, social network, then go to select.id. Uh, their app is available on at least iOS and Android. And... Uh, basically the the i guess the the claim to fame of uh, of select i d is that everything defaults to private so it 's not the sort of same sort of popularity contest that maybe goes on 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 some of the other social network. It's sort of sharing what you want with the relevant people, so you can share really you know reasonably private stuff. You know, considering the conversation we had before, you know, w- mm. w- wisdom should apply. Mm. Um, but yeah, you you pick who uh, who sees content rather than just dropping it up there for uh, for all and sundry to uh, to see. It seems to have quite a nice user interface and. Um, yeah, New Zealand is, is where it's been tested, being uh, developed out of uh, out of Beijing. There's a team up there developing it, and uh, I heard from one of their uh, one of their key people who is a Kiwi, and uh, yeah, he he mentioned uh, mentioned what they what they're working on, and that uh, yeah, New Zealand's sort of the um um their, their test location. So I don't know where else they're testing, but uh, New Zealand's uh, been picked, so you can pick it up on the App Store if you're uh, if you're uh, you've got a, a standard New Zealand account.
1: That is good. It looks nice. Got a good UI. The um, the use of New Zealand for AB testing by it, for twenty thirty years now. The baby Bells did it. You know uh, when when the monopolies, the telco monopolies, were broken up in the states. I know my company does its um, testing here in in New Zealand and a bit in Australia. Our AB testing. Facebook does its AB testing here quite often. Get stuff in New Zealand functions and features that may or may not fly around the rest of the world, and that's because the demographics and the psychographics. So what is it about Kiwis? Demographics, is it, psychographics. Is it that
0: we're not as smart as the rest of the world? No, and So absolutely if they make not. it easy enough uh, for Kiwis, then they say it'll work anywhere? Uh,
1: no. That's, good, good. That's Australia. Australia. I just wanted to check that the, there
0: hadn't been any mix-up.
1: No, it, I think it's because, uh, quite seriously, it's because New Zealand is, is, is quite the reverse. In terms of per capita uh, technology literacy, technology use – High, 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 um, and matching psychographics, demographics to, yeah, if you can get it right in New Zealand and very small population base, then chances are it's going to work from uh, Seattle to Shanghai, right? Is the theory. Is the theory. Little microcosm of the rest of the world right here in Auckland. Maybe. Mm. Maybe not. Well, I guess. Um it's very cosmopolitan. You know. We've got it all. Which is the biggest, here's a spot quiz for your listeners, what's the biggest social media network in Europe? Tweet us your answers. <laughs> free drone. If, no, can't say that, can but, we? That's breaking other rules. No, no, um, you,
0: ARIA can give away a free drone. That is <laughs> oh, just yeah. fine. Our, our, yeah. uh, our <laughs> guest today is offering a, uh, a free jo- drone from his personal or com- oh. uh, company fleet. Oh, if my CFO uh, is
1: listening, can I expense that? Can I expense that?
0: No, I, I, actually had, I did have a listener uh, question there. If anyone has had a look at the select ID, I would be keen on on hearing. Yeah. Um, when I, I so I jumped on board with it. It wanted one uh, of my mobile number to sort of verify against. So I was push, like, push. yeah, okay, I'm all right with that. And then it sent me a text with the verification. Now I guess they're sort of early days, and I got the text with the verification. That was good. That was reasonably late at night, and mm. I was sitting where I wanted it to be quite quiet. You know, I didn't want to wake anybody up. Mm. Um, I'd received the verification text. Then the phone rang. No and it rang and it gave me the same number that i'd just been texted naughty um so that little bit i wasn't super impressed with um but other than that looked good and then of course it wants to get into all your contacts and sort of link you up which is the way all these social networks and so on do these days i felt mm, i'm not sure i'm confident enough and knowing enough about these guys etc etc and so i didn't I didn't give them that access yet. But I'm curious to hear if anyone is using it and uh, what they think of it. And if we get enough good feedback, maybe I'll I'll jump in a little bit further myself.
1: Good points. I think the the ability to set yourself up with little group chats, streams, little personalised, bubbling, 5, 10, 15, 20-person media groups that are ring-fenced is going. Google Circle's tried to do it. A few others have tried to do it. Uh, that's what that as yet unnamed social media company biggest in Europe does, and it works very well. So they might be onto to something. But it's liquidity, right, is always the issue with these things. It's about liquidity. It's about, it, I'll use it if all my mates are using it. And, and, and liquidity is very hard to move between markets. I mean, WhatsApp's that come the closest, but still their utility figures compared to Facebook are, are paltry. It's one of the reasons you look at something like Craigslist, right craig's is still ridiculous reddit horrible ui terrible user experience but everyone uses it still as a point of communion because everybody's on it it's got the that it. market liquidity That's so a, yeah. the the tricks to getting that liquidity going uh need to be looked at and and calling you late at night when it might you know wake the neighbors it's a fail, really, isn't it? Yeah, I
0: mean, they're still uh, they're still early days. It's beta. So uh, it's you beta. know, they've, they've they've been in uh, beta for uh, for a few months, and uh, as you say, it actually looks pretty slick. It, it gives you a bit of confidence actually looking at how they've have you know put it together visually and so on. The it, startup um, marketing's
1: good. Yeah. It yeah. says this is why we're doing this. This is what we're doing. This is why this is why it's different. So they you know, they could be onto something.
0: They could be. They could be if they can. As you say, get it out to enough people so that you mates and whatnot are on there and it's not just you and, um, yeah, it can be a bit lonely just talking to yourself. That's what I found after a couple of hours of, of chatting in there. And, you know, it was like, <laughs> this is boring. Nobody's responding to me. And, of course, I wasn't actually connected to anyone. Um, social media. Other, social. other than to the, uh, the, the built-in uh, bot. So, um, yeah, w- which started chatting to me. I was... Just about Did to doze it? off, and then I got an alert on my phone. Oh, somebody's messaging me. Did it really? And this is exciting. Who's messaging me on Select ID? It's Select ID. Um, yeah. So just you know, just be warned if you you think that
1: uh... was it an avatar or was it a bot? Was it the Select ID just text or was it hi? This is Tabitha from Select ID. We've noticed you've got no friends. Could I be your first? One? Was it that you're not going to tell me? Are you?
0: I think you need to try it for yourself. Roger that, and to see whether you get, Roger that. you know, what sort of response that that you get, Matt. All right, so there's that. Now, uh, Snapchat. Talking of uh, uh, social social e type uh, type things, they've got some spectacles going on, and they're kind of being quite novel in the way that they're they're making these available. So. They're not at the Google Glass end of the the spectrum in terms of cost, but basically these are these are you know glasses with uh, wearables with some cameras built in. Uh, I think 130 US dollars, but that's not the whole picture, is it?
1: No, I love this. I love this story because it it's um it's wonderful nerds talking to themselves. It's a consumer brand. It's Snapchat doing what I think Snapchat do really well. I'm a strategist, right? That's my training. That's all I, you know, I love to do, strategy. How do, I, how do I commercialize this IP? How do I move it from all funky fun to money? That's what I'm interested in. And Snapchat rarely misstep. So they've become a camera company with this thing. And it's not some spectacles. It's a proper noun. It's Spectacles with a capital S. That's the brand name for these things big, goofy sunglasses that are kind of cool-looking in a, in a retro Play-Doh colour way that very simply will record with a very simple touch uh, what's going on around you. Now, that's kind of the story. The guerrilla campaign to launch them is the fun bit. So they've had this pop-up vending machine that just randomly appears at spiritually significant places for the Snapchat crowd. So if you're a lover of the brand and you're a valley area or la person then you'll know that snapchat sort of started with these moments of epiphany in different places and so the first snapchat vending machine arrives on venice beach that place where all sorts of things happen and people watching is better there than anywhere in the world hands down five bucks bet you that first one appears there sells out within sells out within an hour or so people paying 150 100 Thirty hundred fifty bucks per pair of glasses, and then those glasses get sold on for fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars $1,600 a piece, it would seem, on, on eBay. On eBay and the On like. eBay, yep. So they've got it right. They've made it scarce, so everybody wants it. They've made it funky, so everybody wants it. They've got free articles in Wired because everybody wants it, and now I want it. And I think from the reviews and the reports, it does look like some just very high-tech kit made supremely simple, good camera, a good imaging system that goes beyond the usual frame limits of iPhones and so on, which instantly make it more interesting for artists and youth. Um, So yeah, I think it's a good one. I'm, I'm eager to get my hands on a pair. I'm in LA next week. I might just hang out waiting for the pop-up store to, how sad if I actually did that.
0: I guess what you could use is you could use, Artificial intelligence to actually work out where the next one is going to. Statistical
1: modeling, algorithmic description of pattern matching. It's only happened twice. they have only had two pop-up stores, so I've got a fairly limited database to do my triangulation from. I'd probably yeah, have to but, read, but you could, get into that. I'd have to take a punt on their history and what places of import the original innovators consider. You know, where did I have my first? Where did I first stand up on a surfboard? Where did I have my first XYZ fill in the blank?
0: You might have to do a fair bit of web scraping into your database.
1: Probably not worth it.
0: That's your call.
1: Would you wear glasses that. How would you feel though if someone came to a meeting with you and they were wearing. Not a phone, because I think the thing with the phone is, unless someone's audio recording in their pocket, there's still a sense that I can tell when you are recording me. And it's still my choice to say stop in mm. a way there's an apparent action whereas with these glasses you, you you could be inadvertently even more than today where google glass fell down was when people with google glass went into takeaway stores and and the servers behind said please don't i, I don't want you filming me restaurants you, restaurants other, other please don't places. film me as i as i serve you there. so humanity's social bubbles push back social norms pushed back whereas if they'd launched
0: them a few years later, when we get used to people sticking phones a lot more in our face, and yeah, we've got Facebook live streaming and other bits and pieces. Mm. People are probably a little bit more softened up to it now. You think? A you little could bit, be wrong, a little yeah. bit more. So that'll be something that we will we'll find out in terms of what the response is uh, to
1: Snapchats. The Truman spectacles. Show rolls on. Truman Show rolls on. I wonder if Boeing have yet invented Snapchat goggles that automatically self-destruct when Tom Cruise is within 200 metres. It would have to happen. They've already done it. It have to happen. If you've thought it, they've done it. It
0: wouldn't be a large market, though, would it? That mm. would be a smaller Tom market. Gets around. That would be a smaller market than even, the smart, than even the self-destruct smartphone.
1: It'd be good to claim to have them. Then one day they just puff a smoke. You're standing up, looking around for the Mister Cruise.
0: It would be some. Um, There'd be good some good use of technology actually to do that. So yeah, well, how would I respond if um, if somebody walked into a meeting? Um, well, you know how aggressive I I get. Uh, you know, you do I do get punchy. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I would probably punchy. punch them in the face. You do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, you just come yeah. out swinging. Yeah,
1: yeah. You wouldn't throw but, up a little um, emoji.
0: You know, it's um, there's just something. I mean, it would depend on the situation. There would be some situations <laughs> where, you know, I'd be happy because it's a, it's a streamable moment. Um,
1: and you want the world to know mm, mm. that you pulled that off, that you stood up for five seconds, two-metre swell, yep.
0: And then they fell off and yeah, you lost s- them in the well, surf. Yeah, it's like
1: um, Victor Hugo said, you know, any, any story has a hap- could have a happy ending. It's just where you decide to end the story. That's true. Yeah
0: uh Snapchat spectacles okay, so if anyone has got their hands on any of these i 'm not i haven 't come across anybody that has yet locally um get in touch <laughs> we'd uh, love to have a play yeah, we'd, lo- come, we'd lo- in
1: and, <laughs> come in but don't film us we're, we're, We'd love to punch you in the face
0: <laughs> um, all right on to uh other other topics now i guess it's it's somewhat uh, somewhat serious. The quake that we've had here uh, in the South Island, and ongoing quakes, really—I mean, thousands of them over over the past couple of couple of days or so. There have been some technological aspects of that, and I was getting emails uh, the day, you know, the day the quake happened. I was getting, which was uh, was that Monday, quite regular emails through from Chorus and Spark and Vodafone with updates on what they were doing to get their networks. Sort of sorted because we basically had a huge loss of connectivity within, uh, you know, particularly uh, the, those areas. Sort of, you know, reasonably close-ish to the uh, the epicenter of the the quake and uh, Kaikoura, um, you know, was hit particularly bad and um, really were were quite stuck from a people there from a movement perspective as well as from a telecommunications perspective. Um, it didn't take uh, didn't take too long before networks had levels of being up and running and so on, um, and they brought in varying varying bits of technology to uh, you know to help uh, get some connectivity back in place for people, so at least you know text messages could go out and phone calls could be uh, could be made, which is. Um, it's kind of helpful because it's uh, It's not nice being uh, Probably being on either end of that Either ha- you know, having uh, lost touch with, uh, with someone important who is uh, who is in the location Or being uh, stranded in a location Not being able to reach out to people In the, the rest of the world
1: New Zealand really does Swing into action Swiftly It would seem in these circumstances Um it well, was very impressive The texting system and the updating system when that uh, dam uh, broke on the Clarence River and they were concerned about the 16-odd kayakers in the, the wall of water coming down and saying to people, get get it. It seemed like the message got through and uh, the telco's ability to swing, swing into action Then Of course, John Key goes to the bunker beneath the Beehive and then hops on a helicopter and goes to look out. So I think New Zealand does very well. I think the world looks at New Zealand in terms of how it responds to these sorts of disasters. And it's it's a bit close, it's a bit close uh, already you know you feel very bad for the folk down there, but the the sustainability of the networks, all sorts of different networks is so critical, not just the mobile phones but but the remote sensing systems uh, on water levels and so on that are feeding data back that they're all an important part of the equation the um the comms towers for the emergency services themselves, the satellites you know all all of that stuff. Uh, do you know if they have iridium phones? A uh, 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 civil defence here equipped with with iridium proper satellite phones?
0: Um, yeah, I think that there's, there were definitely um, a bunch of people with satellite phones that were were down there, and yeah. I'm not not sure exactly who they you know who they spread those out amongst, who right. uh, who gets their hands on them. Um, but yeah, I would imagine civil defence and so on would be. Um, uh, will be reasonably well well covered with that uh, that type of technology. So you yeah, know, traditional traditional networks are down, and uh, hey away away you go via uh, via satellite. And yeah. Um, yeah, some some very cool stuff there.
1: It's the um, the company I, I I work for, Aria. We've just formed a partnership with um, a, a startup, an academic startup, ex NASA folk, and some some folk from Harvard called uh, GeoCosmo. You can check it out on geocosmo.org. and they're very interested in uh, predictive analytics for earthquakes yeah i'm and really
0: curious about this stuff in terms of what will this technology actually allow us to do in the future do you do you think this stuff is is smart enough to be able to uh, to be able to predict earthquakes um, you know a day or a day or two out which is sort of what it sounds
1: like they're uh, they're, they're gunning for i don't know and I think um, but it's really interesting, and it is. The idea seems to have a strong scientific basis. They're being sponsored by the the. Uh, they, they just won the Singularity Prize at the the big Singularity University. Some of your listeners might know about that on uh, the West Coast in the US. But GeoCosmo, the, the science is interesting but uh, and I certainly don't think it falls into the gate the, the problem with all of these predictive things is you saw straight away uh, uh, after the earthquake an almost reckless I think promotion of and this is one of the downsides of social media people who sort of suggested that because of a very large moon there were there were going to you know going to be earthquakes and, and so on all of that stuff which doesn't seem to have a strong scientific basis at all um, but geocosmo is very, very different so one one shouldn't Discount some of these things, uh, just because they seem to be making quite startling claims. The idea, as I understand it, is that th- it uses smartphones, so it uses the phones that we currently have that have magnometers in them. Is that what I said? Magno- mag- magnetometer? Magnetometer, say it that way if you like. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you're right, magnetometer. Um, y- you know those little bits of of mercury in that tell you which way the phone's up and when it's shaking, and all of those Fitbit and health apps ride on that plus the gps stuff and there's something i think called p pockets or some um micro vibration or, or changes in ionic release through stress factor it sounds like i've watched the video i have stress factors in in the rock that precede precede um major seismic events and the notion as i understand it in my limited way is that if you, you collect this data from lots of people effectively being uh n- nodes for you being sensor nodes for you just with the app running in the background on iphones means that there is a way that in theory you could get a uh, better focus i think i think the most one can get at the moment is a couple of hours best case scenarios japanese obviously very interested in this yeah so geocosmo you might want to check it out it's crowdfunded at the moment but uh seems to have some substance to it one to track
0: mm, no it sounds uh it sounds pretty cool if they can uh, if they could pull it pull it off, then, mm. uh, I don't think there'll be too many people that would uh would be complaining so uh yeah good stuff now what else have we got going on we've talked i guess a little bit about lithium lithium batteries and dramas. And, and one we didn't cover off uh last week um but but seems relevant just because there has been so much going on in the area of things uh combusting and so on um now some will some will recall when uh, hoverboards got sort of banned off, off off flights and so on but amazon have been sued for uh, for 30 million dollars uh for somebody's uh, house getting burnt down because of one of these said hoverboards uh malfunctioning and um yeah catching uh, catching fly- fire um so yeah A bit of, I guess, you know, for me what this does is it triggers a bit of caution around our confidence in the uh, lithium battery technology. And uh, I was chatting with, with somebody just yesterday who needed a replacement set of batteries for his drone. And they're pretty pricey. So, of course, the natural thing is, well, maybe I'll go and look online and see if I can find a good deal. Mm. Um, there's, I guess, probably more risk than ever uh, around using sort of non, you know, non uh, first-party manufacturer, you know, batteries and and things like that. So there's got to be a bit of uh, a bit of caution, a bit of wisdom around what you do there with buying these bits and pieces. Uh, from, uh, from random, random locations because there's probably going to be a... a, a
1: <laughs> the, the man on the side of the street with an overcoat. Pull, some, pulls it some open. Lithium. Yeah. <laughs> some lithium iron. Uh, I think you're right. I think This story is, is an amusing one and uh, it's another in the litany of, look, these batteries have caused a fire that has caused uh, a problem for some people and only in America would that you know, come with a 30 million uh, insurance price tag because your hoverboard went up. Um, some days I wish we didn't have the ACC in New Zealand, because I figure I'm the sort of person that would get that kind of windfall. Were I able to go after the manufacturers of, say, hoverboards that blew up?
0: Probably you'd
1: find the local uh,
0: distributors wouldn't be sitting on $30 million to pay you out.
1: Oh, I'd, fi- I'd find, the, I'd, you. Unless know.
0: you were smart enough to buy it through a big supplier yeah, like Amazon.
1: Yeah, Probably. wouldn't be um so interesting but why so but the question is that so we know lithium ion is inherently well any any battery technology right can be inherently dangerous if you get it wrong if you've ever been into big data centers that that run run the internet the big data centers the secret ones the the solar powered ones there's there's batteries there's there's rooms full of car batteries for the failover for 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 the non-stop so if the generators go down the main lines go down you've got a a standover system that includes racks and racks of what are effectively car batteries. Now, when you have those racks, even something as seemingly stable, as tested, as proved out as car batteries, you've still got around them a lot of space. You've still got showers either side of them in case one or two go up and you're in the room and have to get the, the acid off you. So they're always in these, even in the high-tech centres, you've got these battery problems. Why haven't we solved them? was not Elon Musk solved the problem? It's economics, isn't it? There are alternatives. If you googled now the alternatives to lithium-ion batteries and the number of articles about University of Manchester, MIT, Stanford, Auckland, have discovered a whole new battery that lasts for 20 years and can be charged in two seconds and uses grass, they're there, right? There's lots of people, but it's the economies of scale. It's getting it to a size. And I don't think it's going to change that fast, is it? We're still going to be using lithium-based batteries for other... Well, we're still we're going, going we're to be
0: using it. batteries that have got risks associated with them mm. for, a, for a while to come. Yeah, whatever uh, the small or large variations that are, that are made, because some of those are obviously next generation you know next generations and variations in the and the lithium batteries we've got today but they don't remove all of the risks these there's slightly different you know the focus is on quicker charging longer oh, yeah. life Passive all those sorts charging. of things yeah. being able to charge yeah. them a million times yes. rather than just yeah. uh, you know yeah. a few so, hundred or thousand squeezing times squeezing
1: more and more out of the current tech sony have just come out with an interesting thing there again if we've got the theme of software meeting hardware they've come out with this new you're probably well across this. They've come out with this new uh, background system software for their phones that maintains the charge at between 20 and 80%. Because the damage to the lithium ion, the degradation comes from constantly charging it up to 100% and then draining it down. Up yeah, to yeah, down. they've
0: got that in their new um, XZ that we've looked at recently. Oh, really, and yeah. um, cool. and their their stamina sort of technology that right. they, they refer to is quite smart in terms of yeah how how much it charges up and you know you don't have your phone sort of bouncing between you know 98 99 100% as yeah. you use a little bit then it charges up again and so on or, or for it to be constantly charging they're uh, they're they're a bit smarter around the way they do that and their commentary to me on that was that they think that will double the actual effective life of the oh, battery yeah. Um, oh, yeah! By, by being smarter uh, with how they handle that from how it has been or how the you know native uh, Android operating system will, will handle on it on its own.
1: And it really is about the operating systems and the fact that they are more stable and the good engineering that's going into the casings now that means that people aren't swapping their phone outs phones out as often as they would. It used to be every eighteen months. Now folk have it for two, three years and the batteries do tend to degrade there's plenty of focus swapping their phones out not because the phone's not working or it doesn't it doesn't look that different to the latest one it's not like you've gone from a motorola vader click clack to a smartphone it looks the same so why can't i keep using it you can't keep using it because the batteries decline. so mm. but it, but it's not disruptive is it this is just us putting more layers of innovation on existing tech we need the breakout we need the disruption yeah
0: and Sony have decided to uh, just to ditch all of that and they've actually quit the uh, they're saying goodbye to their battery uh, business. So that's kind of interesting that they've quit uh, they've quit that bit of bit of business now. I'm not sure what uh, exactly how they break down and define their uh, battery business um, that they've gone and um, uh, sold. Um, Let others
1: chase rainbows. That's probably the theory. um, I think plenty of startups that have gone bust on the basis of total addressable market for battery technologies, which on the face of it seems huge, but you've got to change production lines, and production lines cost a fortune. Mm It's interesting, isn't
0: it? Now, um, one more topic I wanted to discuss before we get in and, and get you to just give, share a few uh, a few details on uh, ARIA is, and I meant to cover this last week, but I don't think we squeezed it in, which is that um, Android Auto, which is a, the technology I have in my car, um, in my stereo head deck or my entertainment system. And that's great, but I use lots of other vehicles, particularly when I'm traveling, and so I don't have access to that. So what Google have done is you can now just install the Android auto app on your phone and if when you're traveling you remember to take a good some something to uh, attach your phone to your vehicle um, then uh, then away you go and you can uh, you can use that and you get all the nice sort of touch and voice interface to your your phone. Um, so, and you know, I think it was one of the things that. Quite to your a few, car. Yeah. So, your
1: car becomes a smart car by virtue of you having a smartphone from Android
0: so, in it. Sort of, sort of. So, um, when Android Auto came out, and the same with Apple CarPlay, it was like, oh, this is really cool. But then a lot of people looked and said, well, the screen on your on your head deck or the entertainment system in your car isn't that much bigger than a. than than your phone. Couldn't you just actually put your phone up there and have that sort of user interface in it? And uh, that's really what Google have done. They've just taken what would normally be in that entertainment unit and they've made it available on your phone. So if you can find uh, a way to position or attach your phone uh, in an appropriate location, then you can just use your phone. You can also link your phone back through a a more old school uh, car that will do the Bluetooth and so on. So you'll still get... The big sound coming out of your speakers, and maybe a built-in microphone, and so on for uh, uh, for for chatting uh, to it. Um, but you've got you've got access to uh, to all the features, and that lets you get at your podcast nice and easy. Lets you use uh, you know Google Maps with a, a voice interface, what, and, uh, you and watch, so on.
1: Watch Netflix as you drive. All well, of that's the, one thing it doesn't doesn't
0: let you do, Matt.
1: Come on,
0: but. If you're sitting in another seat with your phone, then, uh, and you've got a good enough mobile data connection, then uh, you can do that too. Not right. against the rules. Now, give us a rundown uh, before we finish around um, ARIA. Now, for those that, are, that want some more detail, we will tell you about another podcast episode that goes into, goes into a little bit more of, uh, of Matt's insights and a bit more about the business. but I thought it'd be good to uh, if you could give us sort of a, the, the mini version of, uh, of what the company is is
1: all about and um, you know what what you're up to. Thank you. So Aria is an artificial intelligence company, a natural language generation company that we spun out of the University of Aberdeen in Scotland and uh founded by kiwis and founded by scots and uh it allows the internet the internet of everything to express expertise without people via language so what our natural language generating software does it allows us to put a um, doctor and a nurse their experience of looking at data coming off Uh, patients in a hospital into our artificial intelligence and then that data coming off patients the heart rate the blood rate the blood ox the meds and so on we can create reports on those patients as if the doctor were writing them as if the nurse was writing them Uh, send stuff out to patients themselves from their own personal data that's uh, been trialled with the National Health in, in the UK. We can personalise pretty much anything if there's data for it. So the example that everybody gets is, look, you get the weather forecast. Go on, look at the weather forecast now. Look at your phone. It's just pretty pictures and, and probabilities of rain, right? But if you want to go mountain biking, if you want to go sailing, if you want to know when to hang the washing out today or whether the kids' soccer is going to be on and off, you've effectively got to become an amateur meteorologist, read radar charts yourself, uh, or read... Uh, an actual written weather forecast was written by a meteorologist a PhD in Wellington six eight hours ago. With our technology, we can take the real time live uh, meteorology data that that uh, flows into our AI engine. We call it the natural language generating platform. And that platform, because it's been trained to be a meteorologist, looks at that data and reports on that data as though a meteorologist was uh, doing it for you. So you you can have a personalized weather report that says, hey, go here. If you're doing your, your mountain bike tonight and you're heading out at your usual time, um, you'll have a, a, the wind behind you on the way out on that route. You'll have the wind in front of you on the way back. Make sure you take your headlamp because uh, the sun's going to, gonna set while you're still five K from home if you go at your usual pace. So the internet will start talking to you. At the moment it can hear you, so with Siri and Echo and Alexa and your car and everything. It can understand you. That's that's your voice and speech being understood by the internet. But it usually can't talk back to you. It can't talk back unless someone's pre-written phrases turn left. Turn right. Straight on. Pretty standard stuff. Standard though. stuff. Yep. Someone's had to think about what you're gonna ask and write that phrase. Or it's just reading Wikipedia pages that someone has written uh, or it's uh, just using templated text. So with ARIA's NLG software, this amazing thing that we call the Internet or the data sphere or whatever, that for all intents and purposes only gets to speak when the clever monkeys tap keyboards for it, can speak to you now in and of its own accord. Very cool. Yeah, Very it is cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, we love it. You can go yeah. on aria.com, you'll see, you'll see our stuff. I'm not going to push the products, but um, we, we are developers globally and, and brands everybody would know. IBM, uh, yeah, we're partnered with quite deeply. Um, we've, got, we've got big clients out there, GemPack, Accenture, McKinsey, Deloitte, and so on. They're, they're using it to create virtual advisors. Virtual mm.
0: advice, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's fascinating stuff. So, anyone's interested in hearing more about that, check out new episode of New Zealand Business Podcast coming on online this week and you 'll be able to get a whole bunch more insights, so really dive in a lot more there with with Matt around his his story, his business life and uh, and aria n L g to uh, to hear more about uh, about the the natural language generation through your um, artificial intelligence engine and um, and we talk a, a little bit there as well around uh, where that can tie into zero so that, oh, yeah. that will be online at new zealand com well, that's us for, uh, for this week. So thank you, everybody, for listening in. Matt, if people want to track you down, are you, uh, are you accessible online? Are you on Twitter or email? Or where's the best, where would be the best place for people to reach you?
1: Paul, the best place for folk to reach me is via aria.com. It's matthew.gould at aria.com. Excellent. Aria's got uh, Twitter. Just go to aria.com, and we've got a whole team in place that goes, oh, people want to talk to Matt. Uh, it'll get to me yeah quickly that way yeah
0: yeah yeah oh that's good that's good well thank you for joining the show thank you everybody for uh, for listening in do feel free to get in touch anytime with uh, ideas of things that you would like us to uh, to cover and to uh, to chat about on the podcast or any other communications you'd like you can reach me on email at paul, uh, sorry on Twitter at Paul Spain uh, or email is paul at spain dot Nz all right thanks everyone catch you again next week see ya